0: Before we begin today's episode, we wanted to shout out a podcast that educates and inspires us to better understand racism, the BIPOC experience, and our responsibility to raise anti-racist kids. First Name Basis podcast is a series hosted by Jasmine Bradshaw. Each week, she provides tools and practical strategies for parents that have helped us better talk to our kids about race, religion, and culture spanning topics like privilege, inclusion, and cultural appropriation to historical deep dives like the untold story of Rosa Parks, Juneteenth, or the Star-Spangled Banner, Jasmine's podcast is an incredible resource we feel so grateful to learn from. We encourage you to broaden your podcast feed to include this inspiring series and support Jasmine on her Patreon community page. Visit today's show notes to learn more about First Name Basis podcast and find Jasmine Bradshaw on Instagram at firstname.basis. Now, on to our episode. Hello, Hello. welcome back. If you are new to upbringing, welcome. We are sisters and moms to three, four, six, and six-year-olds now who both inspire and challenge us every day. Yes, a lot of inspiring and a lot of challenges. A lot, a lot. They kind of go hand in hand, right? (laughs) I think they alternate and sometimes it's at the same time. That's what we're beginning to understand. The challenges can be inspiring. Trying to look at it that way. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Don't have to be. (laughs) We want to briefly acknowledge our privilege in getting to talk about this stuff. And also a quick disclaimer that though we have certifications, we're not licensed therapists or MDs. No, Mm -hmm. absolutely not. We're back with the Q and A. Yes, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. I want. It's hard being like this is such a good one, but it's like somebody Every, suffering. All <laughs> I know. Well, and it, I think that it, it, whether or not you particularly have experienced this or are mm-hmm. in this moment, I think the themes that we're going to talk about today are very broad and mm-hmm. very applicable to many ages, to many situations. To me, right? To us? <laughs> sure, exactly. Um, and I think also gearing to that that particular small family that each of us um, is experiencing and working with and growing up within. Mm -hmm. And then also thinking too beyond that of these greater goals that we talk about with upbringing that we don't just want to raise like happy, successful kids. We want to raise global citizens, allies, advocates, activists, Mm -hmm. people who can go out there and kick ass, who know who they are and what they want and can go advocate for other people too. Mm -hmm. That's the goal here. Even with a simple Q&A like this, it can change the fucking world. I love that. That's what we believe okay do you want to read it first I think sure. we're going we're gonna to read the Q&A mm-hmm. we're going to build a little bit of context around the challenges associated with leaning in um, mm-hmm. through our freedoms model through our resist approach which you can download on our website at Co. and then we'll just get in there with a few maybe I feel like five different things that we would mm-hmm. really recommend that we're really trying to do with our kids around these same topics that's the practice mm-hmm. right right in 30 minutes Kelsey 30, okay oh I'm setting my timer okay good <laughs> try to so, keep these snappy we know you guys have shit to do yes here we go. Dear upbringing, love your content. It's been such a huge help. I have three boys, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a six-month-old. Our four-year-old has always slept alone in his room and transitioned to a shared room with the two-year-old and, uh, six and months ago and was sleeping fine. About a month ago, he started having trouble sleeping. He'd wake up in the middle of the night and come into our room to get my husband or me. We'd take him back to his room and put him back to bed and he would freak out crying hysterically, saying he was scared, wanting us to stay until he fell asleep. We would go through our normal bedtime ritual, and when he was sleeping, would walk out. As soon as we stepped away from his bed, he'd wake up really quick and ask us not to leave. He seemed panicked and completely terrified. We would be up with him one to two hours, trying to get him back to sleep. After a couple days, he started having trouble at bedtime too, and was still waking in the middle of the night. The boys have a bunk bed, and he slept up top, so we brought his mattress to the floor next to the two-year-old, thinking he'd feel safer with his brother there. He still had the same problems, though. Things got progressively worse until he was sleeping on his mattress right inside his doorway with the door open and would need my husband to sleep at the end of our bed with a glow stick by his head so that our four-year-old could see oh my him. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we were also giving him magnesium and melatonin supplement at night, which helped him fall asleep more easily, but he would still wake in the middle of the night, going back to bed a little more easily. We talked to him about being scared and some ways to work through it and about being brave. We asked him what he's scared of, and he initially said, I don't know, then started saying that he was scared of lions. So we talked to him about how lions don't live in Kentucky and can't (laughs) get to us. He then said he was scared of Captain Hook Mm -hmm. and even said he was scared of his dad because he thought he was actually Captain Hook dressed up as his dad. Forehead slap emoji. (laughs) Then we talked to him about how movies aren't real and we're just actors dressed up in costumes. Mm -hmm. And he said he understood, but he said that he's scared that the things he thinks will come true. We talked to him about how things we were scared of at his age and how we worked through it by saying stop to the scary thoughts and thinking of something happy, imagining the scary thing in its underwear. During all of this, he started showing trouble during the day. He wouldn't be alone in any room of our house without my husband or me and would follow us around all day as we moved through the house. His favorite thing used to be playing outside with his cousins in the backyard, but he won't go outside without an adult he can see. He's a sensitive kid. He's very routine-driven and a perfectionist with academic activities as much as any four-year-old can be. He's completely obsessed with his baby brother, can't get enough of him. We're struggling so much because we don't know how to fix this for him, and it's wearing on us. I don't know if we need to have firm boundaries and tough love and make him work through it, even if it would be hard. This is typically not my parenting style, and we've avoided it for the most part so that he doesn't wake up his little brother. Or should we be more accommodating with him so that he feels like we're a safe place to be scared and not stress him out more than he already is? Sorry, this is so long-winded, but we are feeling desperate. With a six-month-old in the house that has just transitioned out of our bedroom, we haven't had a full night's sleep in months, and we don't know how to help him. Any advice would be much appreciated. Awesome. Okay. That was such a good long one. Amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Very thorough. Thank you for putting so much time into painting the picture. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we can also just thank you for for sharing a situation that... Is, is so, can feel so chronic and so frustrating and so mm-hmm. worrisome and draining. I mean, we've been through these these sleep struggles before mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure those listening have as well and just hearing that someone else has, has experienced this and is going through this is incredibly validating, at least to me, mm-hmm. that, oh my gosh, this wasn't just me going through this. Yeah, it was hard yeah. enough for us with just two kids each. I, it would be so much harder with that third baby, mm-hmm. um, I can imagine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I would say that this this episode is not about sleep. This is not about bedtime techniques mm-hmm. or sleep strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, Just call it out. What, what is what, it do you, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I would say this episode is about stress and mm-hmm. anxiety. Yeah, me too. And uh, that's what this four-year-old seems to be struggling with. And about our responsibility as parents, which is to be meeting that anxiety with empathy. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to be talking about. How, what that actually looks like, what that sounds like, why that is um, super helpful, Mm -hmm. right? The kind of missing key element, perhaps, to this this challenge. Yeah, I think that these parents are trying so hard to... To get in there, and we, we we talk often about how we as grown-ups live in this very literal world. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to say the words. I'm going to tackle the the um, the the feelings with the logic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring in a, a more realistic reality to this, and I'm going to try things like medicine. I'm going to try things like um, dad sleeping at the foot of the bed. Mm-hmm. All these very um, practical. understandable practical Mm -hmm. logical tactics and we talk about how kids live in this more invisible world Mm -hmm. this more implicit world and less explicit and and it's so much of our work as parents to be one of our empowerments playing in the gray Mm -hmm. and moving through this this sort of like unseen territory through connection as opposed to the more kind of obvious, literal, logical, practical um, modes of operation that we're used to. Which is correction, which in this case is correcting the situation, is Mm -hmm. trying to negotiate and explain Mm -hmm. and logistically fine tune a situation that doesn't really seem to be working too well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we always talk about let's consider... You know, kids first. Let's get clear on the development of a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And with this particular four-year-old, um, he's showing his anxiety and stress expressing his stress through um, separation and mm-hmm. bedtime, particularly, but even now outside, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of those tricky things that we forget about and we're not taught as parents, is to remember that, wow, anxiety looks completely different. For every single person, mm-hmm. not just for kids, even for adults. When I'm anxious, oh my gosh, I'm so controlling and mean mm-hmm. to my partner or to you, Kelty, mm-hmm. for example. I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get like critical of what mm-hmm. they're doing and how it's not right. And mm-hmm. like, does anybody have a child or has known a child who is like, you're not doing the the um, toast right, you're not cutting it right, mm-hmm. or you didn't close my blinds the right way, or make my bed? That is how they're expressing anxiety, that's you, and that's that is That is totally you. I've, that has always been me. Mm-hmm. How about you, Cal? I'm kind of like a sulker. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I feel very defeated. I start like you, but I kind you of- poke. I would I, say you poke. I kind of poke sure. a little bit at first when I'm feeling uncomfortable, stressed, mm-hmm. anxious, and then it fades pretty quickly into just like defeated vil, mm-hmm. And I get kind of mopey and I get really negative. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I end up coping. And then we have other friends who do go down anxiety spirals but mm-hmm. and mani- their anxiety manifests in fear oh my gosh, what's going to happen with with the pandemic, for example? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I've got a a backpack next to my bed, a go bag in Mm -hmm. case something happens. Or I'm I'm, um, really freaked out about my finances and I'm going to obsess about that. Mm -hmm. Like we project our stress onto... Certain areas of our lives that we can try and and basically search for control over to help ease our anxieties. Yeah, it can just you know manifest in so many different ways. What I else feel like, for kids? Well, what's so funny about all the ways that that stress and anxiety can manifest in kids looks like the the typical laundry list of parent stressors mm-hmm. um, that they experience with kids normally, even. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me remember. Oh yeah, kids misbehaving. Being emotional, not listening, being irritable, mm-hmm. clingy, having sleep regressions with potty or, or with potty, either one. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? If they're perfectionistic, mm-hmm. uh, if they're apathetic, when they change their their like sleep or eating mm-hmm. habits, all of those things me can mean stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. and and and. and are ways that they can be channeling that. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is very very normal that this four-year-old is having some stress and anxiety right now. Mm-hmm. So let's validate that yeah. for this parent. Oh, my goodness. it's. Um, she mentioned to, to us as well that we didn't include that, like, the, the caregiving situation is pretty similar. So it hasn't changed a whole lot besides the dad being home, which the boys seem to love. But, um, it, I mean, another huge thing going on is the pandemic, which mm-hmm. just everybody's stressed about it. It's a lot. And also this new sibling that's six months old. And mm-hmm. I think that that's it's a bomb. It's so fantastic that this mother explained that her four-year-old loves the sibling and maybe doesn't isn't explicitly talking about the pandemic or explicitly talking about struggling with the sibling. But that's the other thing about kids in their development is that they don't know how to identify why they're stressed or what's mm-hmm. stressing them. All they do is just express it in a particular way that feels safe to them. So it's at bedtime. It's around... I will all of my stress is not taking around, not taking a bath right now. That's how mm-hmm. I'm going to gain control over this anxiety. So you're saying, you know. that this this boy could be stressed and is likely stressed from the new sibling, from having a new, a new sibling. Also, that's starting to crawl, that's mm-hmm. starting to be a little person instead of an infant. Right. And this this four year old may also temperamentally. Also, just have a higher level of anxiety. Be a little bit more of a sensitive person. She mm-hmm. said he's already perfectionistic. He works really hard on his worksheets. He's very routine-driven. Routine-driven is another word that says likes things a th- certain way, thrives with... Um, with um, predictability, which Mm -hmm. um, the higher anxiety level needs that. Mm -hmm. So this could also just be part of who he is, that built-in temperament. And then it can also be circumstantial. So there's a lot at play here, and it's so understandable. But I think that most folks are like, oh, God, sleep regression, sleep problems. This is a sleep issue. When it's, I don't believe that this is a sleep issue. I think this is an anxiety issue. Mm -hmm. And I think the name of the game for this is feelings. Mm -hmm. And a a lot of what we're going to talk about is Connected to our we welcome all emotions empowerment, how can we get in there and validate those feelings and acknowledge those feelings? It goes against every <laughs> impulse we have as parents. And I think there's a big misconception mm-hmm. culturally for us. If I validate the feelings, I'm just encouraging them to feel like that weak, defeated, scared. Sure. I'm adding to the drama, right? Mm-hmm. And, and research is showing and everything is pushing towards the exact opposite. Exact opposite. Yeah. But that goes against everything we learned in parenting. Mm-hmm. Everything we learned in parenting says we want to be encouraging the good feelings Mm-hmm. and we want to be discouraging the bad feelings mm-hmm. but the reason people go to therapy as adults is because they don't wait know- don't we high five when we say oh that? we do therapy <laughs> therapy as adults the reason folks go to therapy as adults isn't because they their parents didn't discourage the bad feelings it's because their parents discouraged the bad feelings so then these children become adults who are able to access and and identify and manage all their happy feelings but who have no fucking clue what to do when they don't feel well because guess what hard and difficult feelings last forever they're never going away mm-hmm. and so that's the the paradox that the really difficult frustrating thing for me about our our cultural conditioning with parenting is saying we're told as parents don't help your kids through negative feelings you know the only mm-hmm. way you should help them is by minimizing them mm-hmm. is by fixing them is by stopping them distracting and, and yeah. this parent is so lovingly And thoughtfully trying to support her son through these, which I loved. And I know you laughed at the lion part in Kentucky Mm -hmm. because it's just you were picturing lions lions in in Kentucky. Kentucky. But at this point, I'm like, that could happen. That's just where I'm at, (laughs) my worldview. But I think that that is a very realistic way of going about thinking that I'm helping my son by saying, Honey. I, I'm I'm getting, bringing them back to earth. No, that is not possible. Mm-hmm. There are no lions in Kentucky. Dad is not Captain. Dad Hook. is not Let's Captain. Let's get real Hook, here, right? Yeah. Like there, you know, your your brother is here and you're you're safe. Everything is fine, mm-hmm. right? But that's how we have grown up to think that that's how you support feelings. But that's basically when you really think about it, telling our child that their feelings are not okay, that they need to not be feeling them anymore and that they're wrong to feel them and that yeah that that what we call the inner wisdom and that inner authority of that that spirit of experience it should not be happening and I think that that happens so easily with this and so much of the reading and training we've been doing and talking about is saying what do we do instead Mm -hmm. what does that look like instead Mm -hmm. and I think that thinking about ourselves is a really good place to start. Hannah what do you like when you're freaking out about something like (coughs) the pandemic Mm -hmm. or the state of the laundry room sure. or whatever it is well I think that and you're complaining about let's it. say I'm, I'm stressed about the pandemic mm-hmm. and let's say I'm super I'm I'm pro, you know uh projecting it in my typical way of of anxiety and like I'm poking at you Kel and you mm-hmm. basically you figure it out you're like oh shit that's right when Hannah's a total bitch to me it's because she's anxious what's up Han?
1: Mm-hmm. and I
0: and just like this mother asked her son what are you afraid of what is, mm-hmm. what's going on and so I say, you know, I'm just so freaked out about the pandemic. It is mm-hmm. freaking me the fuck out right now. And what if I were like, there's nothing we can do about it, though, mm-hmm. because, it, you know, and it's not here. We're here. Our, our community is doing pretty right. well. We're in this bubble. We're protected. You're safe. You're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Right. What is that? How does that or make you Or when you have a thought about the pandemic hand, just say stop. In, mm-hmm. your, in your mind. Picture the pandemic in underwear. Right, yeah. right. Like this, this is something that we were maybe trained to do as kids that does not actually help us as adults. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't help us help one another as adults yeah. either. I feel like when we, you know? when, if we were to kind of approach each other's struggles that way it w- could feel like it's minimizing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like we do that sometimes and I have to tell you, I feel like you're not I feel like you're trying to talk me out of my feelings right. I'm not getting what I need and, right and now. And usually it's because I, listening to your uncomfortable feelings, it's making me kind of uncomfortable uh-huh. and I'm like Jesus, stop with the uncomfortable Pull it together feelings, Kelsey, Kelsey, this is killing me. All your pandemic stress is stressing me out so shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's so much of this too where this this mom and, and dad might also be like oh my gosh your constant anxiety and this fear Mm -hmm. i know it's not rationally true but it's still there and i wish you would just get over it because we need sleep and And it's giving me anxiety it's giving me anxiety because i'm not getting sleep and i'm up two hours with you this is all so understandable Mm -hmm. but i think we have to not just think about how we want our anxiety managed with one another with Mm -hmm. adults which is through acceptance understanding, listening, validation, validation, all those things that fall under the umbrella of empathy Mm -hmm. that most of us did not grow up with and that we're working on right now in our adult relationships. Mm
1: -hmm. But also
0: thinking about how do we want our kids to manage their own anxiety when they're older? Mm -hmm. Think about that. Wow, this four-year-old, when he's in his teens and he's working on a paper and he's freaked out and anxious about mm-hmm. it, what do we want going through his head? When he's an adult in, or you know, older in college and he's going to a maybe a stressful party or something, mm-hmm. what do we want them to think? Do we want, right now, the way we're dealing with our kids' anxiety and stress and their feelings around it learn. is how they learn to manage it themselves someday. So if we're saying, just tell yourself, stop. If we're saying, no, 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 it's no big deal, that, that's not really real. If we're saying, here's some medicine, here's some medicine, just Mm -hmm. take some medicine that'll help. That's what we're teaching them to do to manage their anxiety when they're older. Mm -hmm. And, and all of those things are, they're okay, but can we be adding some other things that help our kids think when they're older, I'm having an uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. And instead of responding with no, fix it, avoid it, you know, cover it up, medicate it. Mm -hmm. What, what else do we want to be teaching them to do? How do we want them to be responding to their own anxiety and own big feelings? I think I think it's a a topic that we bring up almost every single episode, which is looking beneath Mm -hmm. the symptoms, beneath the behaviors to the root cause. We want our kids Mm -hmm. when they're feeling uncomfortable, stressed, anxious, both now and through their entire lives to be able to think of that as a ding ding Hmm, I need to attune. That's information. What's going huh? on? I'm going to get curious. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean into this to this feeling. Non-judgmentally. Exactly. Right? I'm going to identify what's at play here. What right? could be contributing to this? Okay, right. how's my sleep? Okay, mm-hmm. how's my self-care? Okay, some of my relationships, they were a little bit right. off this week. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm feeling whatever it is. Jealous. Uh, uh, you know, helpless. Mm-hmm. Frustrated tired, whatever it is, and then saying, okay, that is a totally okay feeling to have. So what's next now? Mm -hmm. Right. I think in our society, and well, I just want to say this really quick too. Like, I think that it's like, we have to keep remembering that, that feelings will never go away. We will always have feelings Mm -hmm. we're not programming frustration out of our kids by parenting them we're Mm -hmm. not programming disappointment out of them by parenting them a certain way we're not programming sadness out of our kids Mm -hmm. we we are basically just teaching them how to manage those feelings that they're going to have forever or not manage or not manage those things yeah right let's um i would recommend going back to our free to feel Mm -hmm. episode yeah, so that's let, let's let's hit the freedoms really quick before okay. we dive into our suggestions. I feel like what are these freedoms just our, for folks who haven't listened before? Right. Our freedoms model is are basically these realms of our kids lives, their basic human rights that that are theirs and that we as opposed to kind of getting in there, controlling, over dominating, which we tend to do. We want to really try to sensitively support. So mm-hmm. like we mentioned earlier, our kids can feel attuned to their inner wisdom and inner authority. Yeah, where we're having us our our understanding responsibility as their parents to oversee these realms in their lives, their 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 feelings, their right to speech, um, their nourishment, their play, uh, their movement, their choice for hygiene, right. but that we're sensitively being like, wow, how much of this can I help my kids be taking on? sooner as they're able, developmentally so, right. appropriate, So they're connected yeah. to the, the the experience, so they're connected to themselves. They're not constantly looking outside themselves to an authority figure, to an external expectation for mm-hmm. what they should be feeling and they should be doing in their own lives. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. So what uh, freedoms are at play here, Kel? I think definitely free to feel, mm-hmm. free to nourish. Those are the main two that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. So free to feel as in, can we help this four-year-old attune to those feelings that mm-hmm. he's having? Feel a non-judgmental, safe um, acceptance of those Mm -hmm. because that's actually how you move through a feeling. You don't stop feelings. If you stop feelings, they don't go away, Mm -hmm. right? We want to move through them with them so Mm -hmm. that they can practice that process, and and that they and that they deserve to have all of those, right? right? And then the free free to nourish. Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, it's just that. Can we be helping this child attune to? Not just the feelings, the cerebral feelings, but the, the the somatic experience that he's having with his body around bedtime, around bedtime yeah. too, mm-hmm. so that he can be growing up and saying, wow, my body is feeling so tight right now, or I'm having racing thoughts. How's my body feeling? Mm-hmm. The mind and the body connected, right? Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay, let's start with our suggestions. We mentioned empathy mm-hmm. being like the silver bullet in this Q&A. Right. As and far in as, me- most of our Q&As, I would say. Well, and coming from the perspective of a parent who says, I want to fix this for my child mm-hmm. and for my family. We need sleep. This is this is not okay. Right? Yeah. Um, empathy is that, that not just a quick fix and not always, but oftentimes empathy can, can show empathy very effective results right away. Mm -hmm. But it's also that long game of saying, every time my child shows me a feeling, in this case, it's fear, Mm -hmm. I'm going to respond with empathy by saying, I see it. I, I understand you. I know you. I love you. Tell me more. Tell me more. I'm a safe place for you to explore this feeling mm-hmm. so that you can have practice moving through these feelings. Yeah. I think that it's, <coughs> this is Excuse the me. misconception we talk about so often in parenting that we, we believe culturally that it's our job to, to teach them, to fix mm-hmm. it, to get in there. We're not told just be that loving, neutral Listen, it seems damn permissive. It sounds so is what it weird to just yeah. be their guide who's sitting there side by side mm-hmm. like like an ally. Saying okay, this is interesting. Tell me more. Well, yeah, if if I say yeah, oh my gosh, lions, totally. Let's let's just run through the resist approach really quick. It's going to be quick, I swear. Okay, Cal, let's just do it. So our resist approaches (laughs) are how within these freedoms when our kids are resisting us. So like this at bedtime, Mm -hmm. or won't go outside to play with his cousins, or doesn't want to eat dinner, Mm -hmm. or um, anything. Any any resistance is a reminder to us that we can be using the resist approach mm-hmm. to not just help the resistance soften it, but to be resisting these greater cultural, um, culturally conditioned mm-hmm. um, methods of control, dominance um, that are so pervasive, not just to our parenting and these disciplined mm-hmm. moments, but greater society at large. Right. And even in this very loving mother's support of her son mm-hmm. through this anxiety, there is a level of control there because she's not really honoring and respecting his experience which mm-hmm. is actually the key to moving him through this mm-hmm. this bout of anxiety right It's a loose six-step approach that's mm-hmm. basically a conversation It's like guidepost to respect empathize sync up innovate summarize and trust Mm -hmm. and and it's not dogmatic you can skip through it's just about building an awareness of having a conversation that's back and forth instead of one way Mm -hmm. primarily Mm -hmm. connection over. so so let's pretend he says okay actually i'm I'm scared of lions tonight you can't leave don't leave don't leave Mm -hmm. so what would we do first we'd hit the respect step right we would we would remind ourselves as a primer this little person is their own person. They have their own personal reality that I do not understand and might not ever be able to understand. And they express their stress uniquely as well right. as a four-year-old. Right, the respect step, step is so much about meeting our kids where they are and choosing in that moment to lean into the conversation. As a sensitive support guide, mm-hmm. right? And an advocate for their experience, mm-hmm. for them to be understanding themselves more, not seeing to our expectations as, as primary uh, priority. Yeah. Okay. But the next step? next step is empathize. So, I think whether this child is saying they're scared of lions or it's Captain Hook or it's I don't want you to leave even necessarily, mm-hmm. I think what what they're saying is I'm uncomfortable and I need you as my figure to tune into that and resonate that and show me that that's a safe place to be mm-hmm. because I think this mom is doing an incredible job with trying to innovate and and show security around um, the conversations and around the treatment. environment and the mm-hmm. treatment of it but what actually gets to the root cause is the nodding is the saying yes is the saying I understand you and get you right and that's empathy so we would say oh my gosh yes lions what is it we know through empathy if if kids can explain their frustration, explain their fear, explain their anger, then they can get to the other side of it. But That's it's how not, you move through it. But a feeling, I want right? to say, hand, it's not all about getting answers. No. Empathy isn't about drilling for no, them to no, explain no. away all of the things. No, it's for them to move through it however they want to. So empathy is, is really just being available to hold space and listen and saying, so tell me, so what about lions? Do you want to explore it? I'm here. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Or, oh my gosh, Captain Hook. He even looks like Pop a little bit. You're right. Oh my gosh. I never thought about that. I never thought about it. Tell me more. I'm Mm -hmm. here to listen. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that with me. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want me to go. Oh, I know. I love you so much. I know you want me here all night long. Yes. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. Basically just saying the things... But they're saying back to them in a really validating, loving, and neutral, which way. is reinforcing and very ultimately securing to ha- to basically calm those feelings. Mm-hmm. A glow stick is not going to do what just a simple yes mm-hmm. we talked Can do. about last week on the Q and A podcast episode. About trying to exude yes from our bodies Mm -hmm. when we've been trained Mm -hmm. and conditioned to exude no, stop this, not feel this, don't Mm -hmm. say this, don't want me more. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, continuing listening, I think that's going to be an ongoing thing. But Mm -hmm. oftentimes we do need to sync up of saying something like, in in this resist approach, next step, saying like, yeah, but... I'm going to go pop out really quickly to check on the baby and I'll be right back. You mm-hmm. want me to stay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, know. you know, bedtime has been going on a while now. I'm hearing mm-hmm. that you d- still don't want me to leave mm-hmm. or I'm hearing that you still don't want to go out with your friends we'll keep it with bedtime. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the thing, here's my concern, mm-hmm. you know, it's getting late and I got to go, um, do those dishes before right. bed. Cause and, I'm tired. Too. And I also think though, with the sync up, this is such an, an anxious situation. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't even state the sync up yeah. as much because this kid already knows you have to leave. He he knows how late it is. He already knows it's the middle of the it's like night. like rubbing his face it, in it, it a little. It adds to, I often. I think that oftentimes stating our side in our case, even if we wait for them to be talking and exploring their side first, can really ramp up anxiety. So mm-hmm. in this case, I would maybe not even say those Love things. it. Okay, so we move and on to the innovate step. Then we step. move to the innovate step. Which, which is, and is the I think fun step. And this is where this parent is also you know, helping with that. But I think that we can keep getting creative with the child Mm -hmm. to be doing those things. So saying, Oh my gosh, lions. Yeah. So, um, should we, why don't we draw some pictures of lions or we get that coloring book out and, and, you know, basically innovating to help them feel more comfortable with that fear with those feelings Mm -hmm. it could be about the fear of feelings about Mm -hmm. the lion thing or about the captain hook thing or whatever it is or it could be uh, how about what could we do to make you feel a little more comfortable what do you need right now Mm -hmm. while i'm here i can't be here all night but while i'm here what could i help you do do you want to lie on your tummy and i'll give you a little rub Mm -hmm. something that's happened my daughter lately because she hasn't been wanting me to leave is i found this little like plastic brush it's just Tiny plastic bristles, and I've been brushing her down Mm -hmm. like a fucking horse at night, Mm -hmm. and it's so calming. Well, and that's, I think, a huge part of this is sensory regulation, Mm -hmm. too, that we can be doing, um, setting up in the R respect step. How can we prepare this? Mm -hmm. But that's also part of the innovate is saying, wow, your body is feeling anxious, your mind's Mm -hmm. feeling anxious. I understand that. I'm empathizing and validating. I'm syncing up about the time of day and our bedtime plan. Mm -hmm. And then we're innovating. What can we do to help your body wind down? And that could be before bed. So you're innovating for the next night's plan where they're getting a lot where this four-year-old's getting a lot of sensory regulation Mm -hmm. input which helps calm the mind the Mm -hmm. mind and body are connected so flips somersaults, jumping jacks, Mm -hmm. um, rolling, pressure. Mm -hmm. And then in bed being like, what can I do? Can I squeeze your body? Can I rub your legs? Can Mm -hmm. I do very light tickling? Every child is different. Yeah. Should we flip your pillow so it's cool? Right. What kind of strategies can I be helping my child do that don't necessarily rely on me, but that I'm helping them build these strategies for themselves Mm -hmm. ultimately. And innovating also might be like, you know what? Innovating is with our child, but it could also be with ourselves saying, wow, my child is incredibly anxious. This anxiety is not going to go away overnight. There's no quick fix for this. Mm -hmm. What can I be doing? The more we lean into this and support this, the sooner it will go away. And that's one of the big counterintuitive beliefs in parenting, but Mm -hmm. it's the God's honest truth. Mm -hmm. It really does help or test it for a week and see how it feels. Mm -hmm. But what about instead of him moving his mattress you know giving putting so much of those expectations on him to innovate in some ways, maybe saying okay we're gonna papa's gonna gonna sleep next we're gonna to get your the bed. air mattress. We're doing in there. a week camp out to help you get comfy in your bed again mm-hmm. and then do a wean away you know mm-hmm. I think with so much a about this wean away, a a away. <laughs> I think so much about this sleep stuff is just there's so much um just There's uh, so much baggage fear and fear, fear tangled up in, if we yeah. do this, is this a crutch? We're going to have to pull it away. right? I'm and already I, dealing with a six-month-old at night. Yeah. I can't do it with my four-year-old causing problems again. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's it's a, a trust fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we can get to trust now let's, and just let's, move yeah. through. Yeah, us just summarize through. and move through to trust of saying, wow, my kid is showing me what they need. Mm-hmm. This parent is saying, oh my gosh, deep down I know that if I pull away and, and leave him longer and pull a hard and fast line. It's going to jack his anxiety even higher. And this is and, you know. it, and the only result is not going to be just waking his brother up. There will no. be more results. There from will that. be more results. And mm-hmm. I, I think this this mom is noticing that this isn't just a going to bed thing because the the feelings weren't. Maybe really supported and fully, you well, know, it started done in the middle of the night. In the middle then of the it night. went to bedtime. Now it's trickling right, into and the day. It's working its way back, and it's broadening this anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if if they can really double down and invest mm-hmm. in validating the feelings, being present, acknowledging all of that stuff, mm-hmm. that could actually really help resolve and get him out of this kind of anxiety mountain situation and yeah. back to basics. But I think that's what it is. Is we think every stage is always forever, mm-hmm. right? And, and I want to, I want to tell yeah. this, this parent, it's not forever. Mm-hmm. Sleep on his floor for a week, bring him into your bed for a week. It doesn't have to be forever, mm-hmm. right? This is just a hump to get over and leaning in hard to it can make real steps mm-hmm. towards resolving it on the sooner yeah, side. Cause I just wonder if he's still feeling your hesitancy that you're not fully honoring his fears And Mm -hmm. really saying, I get it and I'm in it and I'm here as a secure attachment. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I'm here as a half attachment. Well, I'm telling you that none of this stuff is true and Mm -hmm. I'm still insisting on staying in my bed Mm -hmm. and this is stressing me out. Mm -hmm. So that could be prolonging this situation. Okay, okay. And w- within the trust step really quick, power the circle back. We yeah. talk about like, every episode. Let's get in there. A lot of these um, in these moments of fear and these moments of big feelings mm-hmm. when we want to be giving information or drilling down to understand if we can just set that aside and focus on calming our kids' nervous system mm-hmm. and making them feel comfortable and heard and secure mm-hmm. and save that conversation for during dinner. When we're sitting on the back patio swing, um, reading a book, reading a book during Mm -hmm. the day. Another time we would say something like, hey, I was thinking about last night and you not wanting us to leave. And how are you doing? What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. That lying conversation, that Captain Hook conversation would be best to have a different time. Right. And again, using empathy in that not Mm -hmm. having an agenda to say none of his fears are true Mm -hmm. or necessary. You know, that here are some tools to stop your fears, but just mm-hmm. saying, lay it all out for me, baby. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here. Let's explore this. I've got plenty of this. time to listen to this. Oh my gosh, everything you're thinking and feeling is so normal. Mm-hmm. Because if I help you feel like it's normal, then it's not going to scare you anymore. Mm-hmm. That's the, the I love thing. that, normalizing that stuff. Yeah. And then aside from that, two other things I think that we would recommend finding those moments circle back being one opportunity Mm -hmm. to fill his cup we talk about finding those anchor points in the day where she said we're moving through the house we're moving and grooving doing stuff if got a new baby right if you can be looking for or setting aside chunks of even five minutes every couple hours to just be absolutely focused Mm -hmm. on him really filling his cup really maybe right before he's gonna go outside to play with cousins sit with him for five minutes be doing the huggies Mm -hmm. reading the book making the eye contact think about giving him that secure base where then he can then go out into the world and mm -hmm. I think maybe investing a little more time in the bedtime routine we didn't know what that routine was yeah and keep screen time out of it yeah and avoiding screen time before it too I Mm -hmm. think he needs that connection as that anchor point to say you are safe and secure you're seen you're soothed Mm -hmm. all those S words it's a a big ask (laughs) for us around bedtime because we're fucking wrung out too but our kids can sense when we're like let's just get through this I need to go Mm -hmm. I see you during the day I'm talking to you during the day, but are we actually connecting mm-hmm. the same thing happens during the day as it does at night. And I think when these sleep things and these anxiety things pop up, it's a reminder to me, okay, I need to be leaning in with a little bit more focus during the day. And during these chronic transition, right. not things. more time. Cause we don't all have the more time, yeah. but just the quantity quality. or the quality. Thank you. <laughs> the quality over the quantity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I hope this helped oh, a fun. little bit. We would love to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, this is important stuff. This is, as we said, we parent for sanity and social change. So Mm -hmm. this idea here that we can hopefully move through our days with more ease, we can stay connected with our kids, but that we can also be raising kids who are going to experience fear and anxiety and who can understand how do I identify it, notice it, accept Mm -hmm. it manage it, communicate it, and do those things for other folks right. too. Well, As we help our kids um, recognize what they're going through mm-hmm. and feel empathy from us, they're learning how to practice it with other human beings who are different, who have their own fears, who have their own anxieties that manifest in really strange and different ways. Mm-hmm. And we're raising kids who can be looking beneath the surface, looking beneath those behaviors to, to the root cause to try to understand other people. Yeah. Right. Thank you. For That's that our count. goal. Yep. We are all in this together. We're all growing up together. We're so grateful you're here because mm-hmm. we could not do this without you. Thank you for that beautiful Q and a. Yeah, please keep sending them. They're they're wonderful. Mm -hmm. They're all wonderful. Um, We'll keep doing those. Um, We have our live Q and As during the week, every Thursday at five Pacific time. We will see you there, and Mm -hmm. feel free to send uh, Q and As on your way. Thanks to Alex Han, your Mm -hmm. husband is pretty amazing. He's not so bad. He does all the things for Mm -hmm. us, Um, (laughs) and our incredibly talented friends, Amber Okamura, who does all our art, and Mary Schroeder of Making Type, who does all of our lettering. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? Please subscribe, rate, and review on. Apple. It, it helps other people So find much. Us. And the reviews are amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be nice to share some of those at some point. They're really sweet. Is that something people want to hear? Or is that totally boring? I feel like it's boring. Okay. Yeah. Never people mind. People are then. listening. They can have their own <laughs> feels about it. Okay, cool. Um, lastly, thank you for being here. This is a messy and incredibly important job being a parent. Mm-hmm. And we are going to make mistakes. Lots of them. Yes. And that's actually great because our growth depends on it. Mm-hmm. And if you're here, you're doing the work and you're doing an amazing job. And we're so proud of you. We are right with you here, taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another, one conversation at a time. So thanks for being here. We're all in this together and we're all growing up together. Till next time.